Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Somebody went to Tampa and obviously stayed inside the entire time because you didn't get one bit of sun. Not that you can't get sun here. It was so humid that Johnny Carson would have filled in the, bl- the, bl- the blank. What does that mean? It was so humid. Oh, I see. Like Karnak? Yeah. It was so humid, Ed. Like that? Well, let me make this official. Since I was gone, I, we were doing the show. We were doing the show. Yep. By remote. Yep. So I just want to congratulate you and Mandy. On oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, we're still together. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we're still together. Uh, we're going to get together tomorrow because we don't live together. We're not going to live together for the next two to four years because of our girls being in high school. So it's like nothing has changed between the two of us. It's like same, same well, as. Do you go same. over there and eat dinner or what? No, I mean we get together on the weekend. Sometimes we get together during the week. Um, I mean she lives from here about fifty minutes from uh-huh. from the station from my house. Five zero. Yeah, five zero from the station with traffic. Yeah. So, um, but you know we talk all the time. We text all the time. I mean we get together quite a bit, but not we're not going to be living together full time. I want to get back to something that you said. Yesterday, do not take this the wrong way. You said to me on the show, it's not that you wanted the Avalanche to lose the game. Correct. You were hoping to have a longer series because it'd be more exciting to cover a six, seven game series. But with that, you were up really early this morning. You had to come home and take a nap. Now that it is three games to one, knowing you'll have to hop back on a flight again on Saturday selfishly. Do you want this to go to game six? I still would like it to be a seven-game series. And I say that only because I, I appreciate the artistic merits of a of a series going in the full length. Right. And having fun covering it that way. I don't know if I'll go back to Tampa. You know, there are going to be a lot of media decisions made because of the possibility the Avalanche could close out in game six down there. Plus, it would be such a short-term, quick arrangement. I don't know if the media is going to be is going to be able to pull it completely off. Right. Um, what would you do if you were a news director since you were, meaning, you enlightened me yesterday as a news director's thinking. Meaning what? Like what's, what's. Would you, would you think it'd be worth the expense and the hassle to send somebody down for game six? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. You absolutely send somebody down for game six. Now, Why talking, wouldn't you? You're talking about professionalism. No, I'm talking about how tiring it is to travel. You told me you're up early yes. this morning. It's a long flight I'm back. You came home. You took a nap. So I'm saying for you personally, as a 27-year-old man, yes. times three, it's not easy to travel. I'm not 81. It's good okay. math right there. Yeah. It's just, it's no, not, it isn't. I, I never enjoy traveling with the Broncos because I, if I travel, I like to do it for vacation. It was work, work, work all the time when I was at Fox 31 traveling with the Broncos. I mean, for me, I was up, especially on the West Coast, I was up doing morning live shots 
West Coast time mm-hmm. at 3.45 in the morning. That sucked. And then I had to come back that day and do the shows that night. I hated it. I think you'll run into the You've run into this over the years in the businesses. The, the public doesn't care. No. They they think that we were Go on a vacation. pampered brats. No. Covered. You get to cover sports for free. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get to sit in the same lines in security. You get to fly coach. You're hoping to stay in a nice hotel. You got to rent the car. You got to get to the arena. It's all work all the time. You have to do live. I'm talking about from a TV point of view. Yeah. You're doing live shots after. You got to do morning live shots early on in the morning. It's all work all the time. And I'm not complaining because you get the privilege and the opportunity to cover that stuff. I'm not complaining. I'm just glad I've done it and I don't have to do it anymore. The TV crews down there were very much scrambling. Ariel Osudo, for example. Yeah, all of them are. All of them were. And I uh, was really respectful of the process because I, I, after the morning skate, I said something like, now are you going to go back to the, you going back to the media hotel or what are you guys going to do? No, we, no, have, we have right a live, there. we have a live shot in 15 minutes. That's right. And, and what's funny is with local television sports stations, they're adding more and more news. And then of course you have to have stuff for the website as well. Yeah. So it's constant. It is nonstop. When I left television 13 years ago, there was an emphasis on putting stuff on the website but not like there is now. With that, time now for The Lead. The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. So I get home from the show yesterday. The t- I left the TV on because I didn't have to want to have to turn it on just in case I missed something. I wanted to have it on right when I walked in the door. They're doing the national anthem. I'm like, okay, I'll have a minute to maybe fix something to eat. So I'm in the kitchen. Microwaves going, going, what? They scored 26 seconds in and I had to walk into the living room and rewind it. At that moment, as you are sitting in the press box, what were you thinking about how this game was going to unfold? I, I was thinking it was going to end up. I was thinking it was going to end up exactly what it did. A close competitive game, perhaps going to overtime. I I don't think somebody scoring early. I realize that everybody talks about the huge magnitude of the first goal, right? And I think that's overdone sometimes. So no, I didn't overreact either way. Well, I wasn't overreacting, but let's think about the storyline going into that game. Is Bednar going to start Kemper or Francois? Kemper's coming off a bad game. We both would agree, and I don't know if. Bednar would agree there could be a short leash, a goal scores quickly, and he gets then, he gets his mask knocked off. But hold on, hold on. Let, let's let's add let's add another layer to the story. This is a guy who got a stick in the eye, has taken numerous pucks to the face, probably had some sort of um, effects of a concussion, gets slammed in the face with a puck again. Then the goal goes in, and I'm thinking this is going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to be run quickly or we're going to be talking about a heroic night. To me, it was one or the other, and there was no in between. As I watched, I was thinking in that gray area, though, of of Kemper having a decent game, a professional playoff goaltender type game, and the game being close. Even Uh, even after that, there there was a tendency, and I will admit that he's had equipment problems all year. 
and you go, there's some kind of weird things just keep happening with this guy. That's what I'm saying. So it's going to go one of two ways for me. I, I didn't think immediately, well, it's, it's going to be a 3-2 game and the game goes to overtime. I'm thinking it's going to be an avalanche uh, on him or it's going to be an unbelievable performance by Kemper. To me, it was going to go. There was a there was a definitive fork in the road. There was absolutely no gray area for me. I didn't have that either. Or I didn't. Ha- I had. I did have the gray area. I was waiting to see what would happen. Okay, thirty seconds to go in the first period. What are you thinking? Now the Avalanche had a lot of shots. They just kept getting blocked, but Kemper got peppered. It was just one after the next. I'm going to go back to the conversation you and I had before this series began, which was a week ago this past Wednesday. I said, my biggest fear is that I know that the Avalanche have a lot of speed, but I, but I know what Tampa did to Austin Matthews and the Leafs. Speedy team, Florida. Not fast, fast, but speedy team. Shut the highest scoring team in the league down and swept them. Then the Rangers are a pretty quick team. And after the lightning fell down to zip, they dominated the rest of the way. And I kept hammering this point over and over Mm -hmm. again. They are big. They can skate. They showed in that Rangers series how they can shut down that neutral zone. They have shown that they can close space. The Avalanche are great in space. The Lightning are great at closing those passing lanes, not only by blocking shots, but throwing out the stick, getting close to make sure you can't pass. And that was exactly what I was afraid of for the entire series. But we saw it in one period, and I'm thinking, oh, man, oh, man. And then, Terry, that second period started we're about midway through, and all I started thinking to myself was, this is starting to open up a little bit. Maybe Tampa can do that for maybe about a period and a half against the Avalanche, but eventually the Avs are going to wear them down despite the ice not being fast, for lack of a better phrase. And McKinnon scores to make it to tie it up. There was a potential turning point, though, when Hedman's bad, bad really soft backhand shot. Do not call it a soft goal. It was a soft goal. Oh, my God. A bad, a, a bad oh soft God. backhander. He beat three defensemen out. One defenseman took an angle on that. What's that guy? The shot itself was stoppable. Oh, oh so wait. Let me ask you. Uh, we're we're going to go there. Is, I, is, oh the, is the definition. No, because. It was I, a soft backhander that should have been stopped by any professional goaltender. So let me ask you something. I don't care if it was Victor Hedman or, or if it was Eric Goodman. What is your. It was a soft backhand wh- wh- shot that what should is, have been okay. stopped. You've covered hockey for a long time, as have I. I will kind of defer to you on almost everything hockey, but I want to have this conversation. What is your definition of a soft goal? Because maybe a goal, we have a, a goal that should have been stopped by any competent professional goaltender. He placed it perfectly. Oh, it wasn't that great. It was a soft. It was a soft backhander. It almost. It almost doesn't matter where it was. I do think the oh. factor that we. We continually going into this series didn't talk about and really didn't foretell, uh, and it, it's turned out to be absolutely a factor in the series is the bad ice down there, right? Because of the humidity, and as you accurately pointed out, the NHL controls everything, kind of like they control you paying forty dollars for parking, right? <laughs> but I have not done that. But 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 in all fairness, there's really not much you can do about it with a, or can you? Do, do you think maybe you can take that thermostat and crank it to the left a little bit? No. 
So now that they're coming back to Colorado, where it is hot, but the ice will probably be in better conditions, it's going to be the advantage, in theory, to the fast team. Because as we talk about in baseball, when you are a speedy team and you're the home team, what do you do? You let that infield grass grow. So the ball slowly rolls through the infield and you leg out a bunch of base hits. Yes. And you you can be a little suspicious. A little suspicious. Are you? A little Are suspicious, you? yes. Of the NHL? No, of of the Lightning, who are not involved in the action. Playing with a thermostat? Yeah, just playing around with it a little bit. Wow. But I don't know you that. You and Oliver Stone. Yeah, the grassy knoll. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that as a major possibility, but I think there's always a chance of little shenanigans going on behind the scenes. And, of course, the league is in, in position to be able to completely derail and prevent that. Right. All right, coming up after the break, you know what John Cooper said yesterday following the game. It wasn't a press conference. It was a soliloquy for a couple of minutes, and then Cooper, um, and I'm exaggerating when I say this, cried off the stage as he wept, leaving his podium, whatever you want to call it. Well, today, today, he had a change of mind about saying the refs blew it for his team because they played so hard. You'll hear what Cooper said next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend and my estate attorney, Dan McKenzie. He did a fantastic job putting together everything for me and for Mandy as well. I feel so good that everything is done. Our family is taken care of. Nothing is going to go to court when it comes to my living will. Uh, everything has been spelled out. God forbid, you know, I'm in a, a coma or something and Terry's going to walk in here and say, I'll take over all, all of the clients on the show. I'll make a ton of money. That's probably what you're thinking, isn't it? So you want her to pull that plug. Well, good for good. Good to know for you. That's exactly what she's going to do because those are my wishes. But the other thing that I like about Dan McKenzie is he follows up every year with me to see if anything has changed. And what has changed recently, I got married less than a week ago. So everything had to be changed again. And we're going to get ready, Mandy and I, to go in and sign all the paperwork. You don't have to be single to get an estate plan or a will or a living will. Uh, you don't have to have a ton of money as well. But you want to do is you want to protect yourself, make sure all everything is in order for you. So God forbid if something happens, everybody is taken care of. No arguments within the family or period in general. Go to themckenziefirm.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. 
Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Well, Terry, I'm guessing you were sitting there for John Cooper's uh, press conference. He walked in, gave about a two-minute speech. He was kind of whining and complaining that uh, essentially the the referees robbed his team because there were too many men on the ice. He wasn't overly specific about it. So I'm guessing some media members are sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? And then he said, I'll talk more about it tomorrow. He was very emotional about it. Well, today, and this was after Kadri's game-winning goal, today he met the media. He apologized, saying he was emotional after the loss. And uh, he did have to meet the media about five minutes after the game, so it was all fresh for him. And that's why he acted the way that he did. Then he added this about the controversial line change. In, in the course of a hockey game, players, usually the guy going, actually I would say 99% of the time, the guy going on the ice jumps on first. That's why they have that little kind of safe zone because there's only two doors and guys hop over. And, and so that happens all the time. It's, it's when you... Now, the reason there's a rule is when you, if you gain a significant advantage, and, and uh, that's probably what happened there, but it's uh, that happens like all the time, and the line changes. Uh, it's an inexact science. And I, I, it's called a line change, but really what he was hoping for was a ruling of too many men on the ice. You were sitting there when it happened. What do you think about what he said today? What he was, well, what he was, I have to retreat a little bit because first of all, it's absolutely false that it was five minutes after the game. It was at least a half an hour. He had a half an hour to look at tape, to think Liar! about it. Because I went to the scrums for the Avalanche players. We actually can do scrums now. Right. Knock each other over and hit each other in the head with cameras. Nice. As we're interviewing the players. So, uh, I talked with Landis. I was in the group that talked to Landis Goggin McKinnon, and it was at least it, that was at least twenty minutes. And then after that, went into the interview room, and the placard was up there saying John Cooper was going to speak next. That was at least twenty minutes after the game, mm. and he did not he did not come in for at least another ten minutes. So mm. it was about a half hour. And then he got up there. And I was standing in the back for this. He said that sounded like Richard Nixon's concession speech almost in tone. Didn't it? It, it was defeatist. It was, oh, woe is me. And it, it almost wasn't what he said is how he said it, if that makes any sense. Because then he just got up and left. Now, what he said today, it really wasn't much of an apology. And he didn't really back off anything because he's still contending that that uh, Kadri played the puck before Nathan McKinnon was off. That was the specific change they were talking about. And he also said, oh, you know, 99, it's a judgment call and everything. The league issued a statement after the game last night outlining that you can't, it's not a it's not a reviewable call. Right. Mainly is the criteria that we're talking about there. So I, I, I found it like almost beneath John Cooper because it was just really ridiculous whining. And it just, it just came off that way. And I didn't really, I didn't really respect him for that one. Allow me to point something out, John. Let's go back to last year's Eastern Conference final against the New York Islanders in which Barry Trotz was pissed off that you had seven men on the ice, yet they scored a goal. I don't think Johnny stood up in front of a <laughs> bank of microphones and said, you know what? Barry's right. We should get rid of the goal that we scored with seven guys on the ice. The bottom line is this. I talked to Steve Conroy on the phone for a while today, former NHL player, mm -hmm. works for the NHL Network. 
he said to me, Eric, this stuff happens all the time. You can always probably call, not always, but many times, you can call for too many men on the ice. You could also call holding a lot in the NFL. Oh, really? You can also call fouls in the NBA all the time. What John Cooper reminded me of was the guy playing pickup basketball, okay, and he's shooting, and he misses a shot, and he goes, foul! Yeah. Ever play with that guy? Oh, yeah. You missed a foul! I barely touched. No, you touched me. That was a Check! Ball, 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 ball. Miss a shot, clank, foul, check, give me the ball. That's what it sounded like. And I'll tell you why it really kind of steamed me. Because let's look at the first goal in game three. That was by an inch. That absolutely had no effect on the play. Bo Byrum's. That's right. It was an inch. You got that call. And yeah, was it the right call? I suppose. And it felt like it was a delayed call, too. It was way late. They had to go to the video replay on that one, too. I think it's fair to say under regular season circumstances, the, the review would not have gotten that far, right. that detail, that microscopic. When I was talking to Conroy, he pointed out a couple of instances when the Lightning played the Toronto Maple Leafs. There were a couple of times when the Lightning had too many guys on the ice because of a line change. And nothing happened. I'm sorry, Johnny. Not everything's going to go perfectly for you. Here's the thing. If McKinnon was somehow involved in the play, Mm -hmm. yes, I'm with you. Now, by the pure letter of the law, black and white, was it too many men on the ice? Yes, it was. I'll be the first one to tell you that. However, you will have a seven-hour hockey game. If they call it every single time. Does does the second baseman touch second base while making the pivot? Not always. Not always. Most of the time he does, but he kind of sweeps his foot by it. In this case, what what Cooper did was not not back down, but try to get his points still out there. And he he whined his second day without without whining. But he also was smart enough to say, we got to move forward. We got to move on. We got to try to rebound from this but i think you will agree with this if are you, are you if sure you, about that if you set the tone for whining about it you can say let's move on right but the underlying foundation of the of the discussion the narrative everything is that well we got a raw deal for us woe is us well and i think that's bad i honestly think that's bad coaching because not, nothing was going to be changed at that point either after the game or today what do great coaches say? And he's a great coach. Let's not take anything he away is. from him. He's a great coach. He's the longest tenured coach in the National Hockey League. And I understand that Phil Jackson used to work the refs all the time. But what great coaches don't do is blame the refs for a loss. Yes, they correct. They say, we are accountable. It was a bad call. And, and I've said this for years. You've never heard me say this. And there will be a point during the Broncos season or maybe a point during a Nuggets game or a Rockies game, I will be very consistent with this. You cannot tell me ever, ever in the history of sports, and I'm dead serious about this, that one play has ever decided a game. Oh, I think it has, Never. I'm not going to sit here and... And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why one play has never decided a game. Pick a sport, any sport. Like, you, like, you, like a card. Like a card. Pick baseball. A, baseball. Okay. 
You get 27 at-bats. You had all those chances, and you didn't capitalize on them. That's your fault. Well, uh, we talked a little bit about the John Miller theory of, of eventuality the other day. That The biggest mistake we make in evaluating those types of things is assuming that everything would have happened the same after. That's true. After I would agree. As if as happened at the time. I'll put it to you this way. That never would have come up if we were three minutes into the first period. Everything is always magnified at mm-hmm. the end of the game. For some reason, people have this in their minds that if somebody hits a buzzer beater with three seconds to go, it's suddenly more important than hitting a shot midway through the first quarter. They all count the same. That's it. They all count the same. It's not like if you hit a buzzer beater, suddenly it's a five-point play. It all counts the same. You have a, In a football game, you have 60 minutes to win a football game. Either you do or you don't. Don't tell me about one play. You just didn't capitalize on all your opportunities. You had chances. Every time you touched the ball, and, and, and this is going to sound like a bit of an exaggeration, Terry, because what, what I'm about to say never happens. Every time you have the ball on offense, you have the opportunity to score a touchdown. Every single time. Yes. So you know what my answer is? Then go do it. <laughs> go do it. I know it's not easy. I know it's impossible. Unless you're the Broncos and you're against the Cowboys and you score a touchdown on your first seven possessions. And that goes back to the Super Bowl years. You have an opportunity. Take advantage of your opportunities. Don't blame something on one play. Just like, and I, and I covered the Buffalo Sabres. I don't want to hear about Brett Hull's skate being in the <laughs> crease. You had, all, you had 60 minutes to win a hockey game. Period. This was a game-ending, game-deciding scenario, so maybe you can. It's the rare case of you don't even have to worry about what would have happened after. Right. Well, that that ended, the, the, and that game was in Dallas, yeah. and I remember that game well, where we're sitting there going, what the hell just happened? The series is over. But you know what this game is for the Tampa Bay Rays? Not temp, the Tampa Bay Lightning? You know what this is? No. This is the Buckner game. <laughs> game six. People tend to forget there was a game seven that Boston lost. Mm-hmm. They lost game six. They lost game seven. Everybody talks about the Bartman game. Cubs against the Marlins, National League Championship Hello. Series. Moise Alou, who, I don't know if you know this, uh, believed in peeing on his hands because it calloused his hands. I covered those teams. He believed in peeing on his hands because he felt it would callous his hands. Gee, that's a wonderful thought. Isn't it? Point is, is that the Bartman game was game six. People also forget the Cubs had a five to three lead in game seven and blew it. But what do people want to talk about? Steve Bartman. What do Red Sox fans want to talk about? Bill Bill Buckner. Buckner. Well, in this case, you got three more games, Johnny. Go win them all. You're the champs. In this case, I think the biggest mistake he's making is, is, is bringing in that kind of fog of doubt about his own, his own team. And bolstering the idea that hey, we just got a raw deal, wine, wine, wine. Here's, and, and I, you're right. He should have stood in that locker room and said, okay, we got a bad call. But, but you know, the bad calls always seem to have to be broken down to almost microsoc- microscopically and all that. And at some point, you just play the game. Tampa played their best period of the entire series in the first and had a one to nothing lead. They played as good as they could play. They blocked shots. They peppered Kemper. They had a one nothing lead. And then I think eventually they ran out of gas and they lost. I think they gave, they will give a championship effort in the first period tomorrow. And they will give a championship effort. But I don't believe now they believe they can beat the Avalanche. Well, the Avalanche only had four shots on goal in the first period. 
well, they had 20 shots, but uh, the problem is is that uh, about like 12 or 13, 14 were blocked. That was the problem because Tampa was that good at blocking yeah. shots. They kept peppering the where Vasilevsky was. It just never got through. Coming up after the break, who had the more impressive performance yesterday? Darcy Kemper or Kadri coming back from thumb surgery? That's next. All right. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99, testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. I want to read my favorite tweet from last night, and this is right off the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. This coming from Kinger999. The Avs can be a great team that is also benefiting from a lot of luck at the same time, folks. It's not rocket surgery. Or rocket science. Rocket surgery is what he wrote. Rocket surgery. I didn't know that you perform surgery on a rocket. I think you probably could. But you don't. It's rocket science, dumbass. (laughs) That's what it is. It's rocket science. So when you put out something like that, you're going to get a lot of responses, especially from a smart ass like me. But I want to I want to address this real quick. Okay. To me, there isn't a team that I can remember in recent memory that benefited more from advancing to a championship round than the Phoenix Suns last year. The Lakers did not have Anthony Davis, probably one of the top five players in the league at the time. Yes. Then they play the Nuggets, and the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray, who had played very well before his injury against the Suns during that season. And in the bubble, certainly. Correct. Then they face the L.A. Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, arguably and definitely a top 10 player in this league when he's healthy. Now, people will say, and I understand it, that for Edmonton, they were missing one of their top guns. Who? Drysidle was Drysidle. hobbled. He was hobbled, but he was on the ice, and, it, and boy, what a gutsy performance that was. And Nashville's goalie, who didn't play. UC Soros. Didn't play. There is a difference between basketball and hockey, and the difference is in numbers. Because in hockey, generally speaking... Next man up. Well, but also generally speaking, outside of a goalie, generally speaking, your top players play about a third of the game. In basketball, in a 48-minute game, your top players are playing over 40. Mm -hmm. It's a numbers game. When you are missing a superstar in basketball, because there's only five guys on the floor and he's playing over 40 minutes a game, it is far more impactful in basketball than it is in hockey. 
but let's let, let's try and for lack of a better phrase be honest about it do you think even with Nashville having their goalie Nashville would have won that series no no if Drysidel was a hundred percent healthy, do you think Edmonton would have won that series? It would have been a hell of a lot better series, but the answer is no. And the the reason for me the answer is no, is that Edmonton does have a fantastic top line with Drysidel and Connor McDavid. However, it's the only line they really have, and their defense is nothing short of craptastic. Well, and in uh, in a desperate attempt to spread things out, they sometimes separate Drysidel. Right. And, and, and McDavid. You put Anthony Davis on the floor against DeAndre Ayton and the Suns with LeBron James. I'm sorry, the Lakers are going to win that series. You put Kawhi Leonard on the floor and he is guarding Devin Booker. I'm not suggesting that the Clippers win, but it's a hell of a lot of a better series. I don't know how per, how pervasive that narrative is throughout the hockey world, though. I don't really think it's been applied as a way to kind of put an asterisk, there's my phrase again, put an asterisk next to the avalanche. I don't think anybody would put one next to them. And no reasonable person would, would you? No. Yeah, I mean, who are, who, who are the so like... Who, who's saying that then? Who is pointing out that... No, this oh, this one guy did. Yeah. This one guy, because The rocket he, surgeon? The rocket surgeon. Because he's looking for an excuse. Because when things don't go your way, let's blame it on somebody else. To me, reading his timeline, I don't, he sounds like an Edmonton fan. Do you care what a rocket surgeon says? Not particularly, but I do want to address it because maybe there are more than a few people Why, thinking. There's 17 million people out there on Twitter. Are you going to address everyone, every stupid No, lunatic, I don't. I, 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 I don't, but some people might suggest if Dreisaitl is healthy, if Nashville had their goalie, maybe it would be different, but I think reasonable people would agree. I don't think it would be different. No. Now, for the Phoenix Suns, and, and I chirped this throughout the playoffs last year with Mason. I said to him, if Anthony Davis is on the floor, I think that's a different series between in the first round between the Lakers and the Suns. Do you think that every, don't don't you think though that every championship team has good fortune? Sure. Somewhere along that line. Along with health, their own health. And I even look at the two Avalanche Stanley Cup wins. In both cases, there were cases of a good fortune uh annie van helleman not calling santa sozalinch for tripping no no question no, and and you can make the case in yesterday's game maybe they are maybe they would have been called for six men on the ice listen forsberg didn't play for how, how much of the 2001 the cup? last two series there you go so it happens to everybody listen i i think it's fair to say burakovsky has been tremendously valuable during these playoffs for blocking shots ironically that's why he's not in the lineup <laughs> Kadri hasn't played a full slate, and he was one of the Avs' best players. So the Avs have dealt with their own stuff as well. And, oh, by the way, their number one goalie took a stick in his eye. Jared Bednar has been masterful in adjusting and rearranging the, the lineup right. and not letting it overly affect what he does. No question. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Well, you guys uh, talked at length about the uh, death threats that Nazem Kadri received. We've got an NFL player receiving death threats for something he said about one of his former teammates. We'll also talk about a minority owner uh, cashing out on his stakes so that he can get into a new business sector. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mon Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Miami Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill says he has gotten death threats on all his social media accounts after saying he thought Tua Tagovailoa is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. Now, do you think that Hill is trying to convince himself he made the right choice by making a claim like that? Is he trying to give his new quarterback some confidence? Or does he actually believe that Tua is more accurate than Mahomes? He can't believe that. He simply can't believe that. He is he is trying to soak an ego there. He's trying to pump up his guy. <clears throat> kind of like, kind of like when <laughs> Von Miller said about Trevor Simeon, Trevor has some characteristics that remind me of Peyton Manning. And that's when I knew Vaughn will say just about anything. But to get death threats, that is so outrageous. What seriously is wrong with people? It is sports. Worry about filling up your tank with gas. Go hug your kids. Make sure they have enough to eat. If you want to paint your face and sit in your living room and watch a game, that's fine. There are life or death situations out there. Tyreek Hill should not be on your radar. What he did to that woman, he should be on your radar. What he's saying about Tua Tagovailoa, get over yourself and get a life. Lots of good life advice there. Thanks. Uh, I'm a father. You you are uh, full of wisdom. You also, Danny, I've been on it long enough with Eric now that when his tone of voice changes, I know something's coming. You know what I mean? Yes, he does flip that switch, and he he can get pretty serious. I get uh, I get very fatherly. We're like direct to the point, cutting, and that's it. And I've had it like that. Clean your room, Terry. <laughs> Turn that music down. Right, right. Just in case you missed it, Fanatic CEO Michael Rubin is selling his stake in Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, which includes an ownership stake in the Sixers and Devils. Uh, as he is entering the sports betting business. So he's planning to buy a sports book. I believe that deal is close to done, if not done already. Would you rather be a minority owner of a pro franchise or have an ownership stake in a gambling outfit? Depends on what your priority is. Minor, minor Minority ownership in a franchise almost always seems to be operating on the premise, I'm just going to have some fun. I'm going to kind of right. hang on the edge. I'm yep. going to be part of the fringe. If you want to make money... Yeah, when the team resells, you'll make money. But the sports gambling outlet is where he's going to make you, money. You are going to make 
more money coming in yearly with that. I think it's more of a cash flow when it comes to that. But at the end of the day, you're right. You are playing second fiddle. It's kind of like when you invest in theater, talking about Broadway. Yeah. Okay. I was asked to invest in a musical called Hairspray many, many years ago. (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't blow that one, did you? Well, it was a good friend of mine. I went over to his house. Harvey he Fierstein. played me the. Uh, yes, he was in it. But my friend uh, Doug Meyer, who's won a number of Tonys for producing musicals, mm-hmm. he asked me to to do it. But you have to read the contracts too. You make one one hundredth of a penny per dollar that's made. Something like that. It's crazy low. The point is, a lot of people know when they invest in theater, it's going to lose money because. 70 to 80% of all theater loses money. You have to run on Broadway for like two years to break even. Right. My point is people who invest in theater are people who want to go to opening night. They want to say they invested in it. They want to be a part of it. And that's kind of like being a minority owner. And yes, if I would have, and I'll tell you why I didn't, which I'm totally fine with, why I did not invest in it because it's a long story. But I did know it was going to be a huge hit. At least I felt that way, especially when it previewed in Seattle. But that's a long story. Um, you, you have to be willing. You you can make money investing in theater. There's no doubt about it. And it's the same thing in football or any professional sports team. But you made the best point. You're really not going to make your money back until they sell. And how often do they really sell? The Broadway producer, though, also involves the idea that you watch the Tony Awards? Yeah. When they announced the winner of the best musical or whatever? Yeah. There are 37 people come up to get well, Tony. It's very funny you should say that because you're a theater guy like I am. So when Mel Brooks walked up to accept the Tony for best producer of the producers, he said, Thank you very much for me and the 20 Jews behind me. <laughs> and that was Doug Meyer standing behind him because I was watching the Tonys with the girl I was dating at the time who was good friends with him, and that's how Doug and I met. And the Cosmo Kramer is always sitting in the audience at the Tonys. And another... he's, he's the seat filler. Yeah. You he... do that. Huh? I'm impressed. Giddy up. Just in case you missed it, uh, there's going to be a new sound tonight at the NBA draft instead of what we usually hear, which is... Is that the NFL draft? I believe they use the same one. Did they? Okay. Because I looked it up and I found that twice listed as the NBA draft one. So I'm 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 trusting it. But they're doing something different tonight because according to Sports Business Journal, during the NBA draft, the pick is in Bell inside Barclays Center will be the jingle of the presenting sponsor, oh, which is an insurance company. Oh. It'll be a little more like this. That is great marketing. Is that is that great marketing or is that taking that sponsorship of the event a little too far? Well, it's like Are the, you it, making more money? Because that's what it's about. It's like the old joke, and I won't tell the whole the whole old joke, but it's, it's ma'am, we've established what we are what you are, and now we're just haggling over the price. Right. You know what I'd like to hear them do? When you're, you you watch a game show and the person loses and you hear, wah, wah, wah. that's what I would like to hear after every pick. But they get they get lovely parting gifts. Do that again. So Okay, so wait. Let's, all right, so wait. Let's do this. Stop. And with the 21st pick, the Denver Nuggets select James... Harrison. 
with the first pick, they take Bill Johnson. Or the gong. Do you have a gong? The gong for the gong show. That's right, Chuck Barris. We are way dating ourselves, but wouldn't that be funnier if they did that? I don't know how that would make the draftees feel. I don't care about that. It's about entertainment. Just to see the look on their face. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. I love their sales staff. And the reason why it's so important to have a great sales staff is this. When you make a purchase like an appliance, you know it's not going to be cheap. You know what you're doing. So if you make a purchase like that, you need to get what you want. You're going to have a lot of questions. You're going to have certain needs. And if you go to a big box store, they're not going to have all the answers for you. Let's face it. When's the last time you walked into a big box store and somebody like in the appliance section has been working there for 20 years. It's a bunch of kids who just graduated college who probably do not have a lot of knowledge. That's what you're getting. A lot of knowledge in Mountain High Appliance for anything that you need. Upfit your kitchen, get something to fit your budget. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, which guy had the most heroic, impressive performance? You can pick from a lot of guys, but we've narrowed it down to Kemper and Kadri. That's next. Got a whole trip to make.